Welcome to the Supported Living Property Podcast with your host, me, Lisa Brown, the place to learn about supported living property investing. This is one episode of a series of Lisa Live interviews that were recorded via Zoom and streamed into the Supported Living Property Investing with a Difference Facebook group. It was not studio recorded, and so please accept the sound quality as it is. Thank you everyone for joining us tonight. Um, tonight I have Sean Clark as my guest. Um, quite a few people in the group know Sean. I know she's really good at networking and getting to know lots of people. But for people who don't know you, Sean, I wonder if you could just introduce yourself a bit to everybody, please. Yeah, of course. Um, hello, everyone. Um, yeah, first of all, I ju- I just like to say you know, I feel a little bit like I'm standing on the shoulders of giants this evening. You know, I've I've really enjoyed uh, listening to these lives and. Um, you know, thank you so much for inviting me to come on and I'm really happy to share my experiences and journey so far. So thank you. It's great to have you here. You've got so much to share with us tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, so about me. So I've got a 25 year uh, background of nursing in the NHS and, and pretty early on I specialised in um, intensive care. Um, and then spent the last 12 years of my nursing career um, uh, working as a senior sister in the critical care outreach team uh, in a large teaching hospital in Manchester. Um, so yeah, I think I think really my my interest and my uh, love of property really stems back from my entrepreneurial mum who kind of broke convention in the eighties and and started uh, flipping properties before it came like really popular to do that. So I kind of went on and bought my first investment property in two thousand and three. And, uh, and then over the next 12 years kind of did various different property projects alongside nursing um, and then you know in 2015 I decided that I wanted to do property full-time and I had a big shift in momentum and kind of um, did various different property strategies to kind of build up enough income so I, I could leave my job um, and that was about yeah three years ago and um, I also kind of invested in some some top quality um, property education because I, I felt that was important as well. So I had um, I did about twelve months mentorship with uh, the amazing Joe and Jane Harling who were based in Bristol, and they're kind of widely known as incredibly credible commercial conversion specialists, and um, they you know with a particular fondness of listed buildings. And um, but you know in reality they've got you know about 40 years collectively between them and property experience and there's not a lot that they haven't done or, and, and don't know about so it was a really good comprehensive kind of property education so yeah that's kind of my my initial journey into property and then what led you into supported living how did you end up in that as a property strategy well i yeah i'd say there were a kind of a number of kind of catalysts which sort of um guided me or or actually in reality it was more like pulled me like a magnet you know towards the sector (laughs) of supported living um you know I've, i've always had this kind of um inherent uh need or desire to try and do good and i think we mentioned the other day i think that that's called nurse guilt isn't it Lisa? you understand so, yeah. that <laughs> um but until a couple of years ago i um i'd never even heard of supported living i didn't i didn't know it existed and and i remember um when i met the lovely sarah walker and uh, she was doing a talk on, on one of joe and jane's workshops in bristol and obviously that was on 
social housing and supported living and, and she was talking about that amazing kind of care leaders project that she mentioned last week mm. and I, I remember just being completely blown away by her uh, knowledge and her expertise and her passion for, for the sector and I, and I remember thinking oh that's you know something I'm, I'm going to look into um so yeah so so that was kind of one sort of you know pull in the right direction and um from a personal point of view um you know my my oldest child is is on the autistic spectrum and any parent that you know has a, a child with additional needs will know kind of the the worrying concern that kind of goes along along with that and um you know the worry about you know how they're going to cope when when you're not around anymore and are they going to need you know looking after when they're older and are they going to be able to live independently and, and so that was kind of a real factor in my mind as well and then a couple of years ago I um, I was at a network SAS networking event that I run in Manchester and um, I met Susanna my um, Bridget Holmes business partner and she's just lovely and we had kind of an amazing connection immediately and realized that we had this kind of shared vision and said shared passion for creating like a, a lasting social impact and and realized that we could use um property to to do that and and use property really to 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 make a real difference to to the lives of like you know these incredible people that you know are in our community but just don't have the same access to to the same opportunities and experiences that we take for granted so we, we formed Bridgehead Homes, we kind of set off on the long and frustrating journey of trying to break into the <laughs> supported living sector, which I know lots of people will um, kind of resonate yep. with. And um, yeah, we were really fortunate to, to meet our partners um, uh, who kind of shared our vision and, uh, um, and yeah, and we've been working with them for the last 12 months and was there a particular way that you you found them in the end when you're saying you know breaking into the sector it's a common problem people have isn't it it's trying to to find partners yeah. to work with i i think uh, it wasn't particular no it was we were it was just belligerence and tenacity <laughs> and um, a good bit of luck in the end but you know i am a firm believer if you kind of um you know push enough doors one will open so you know it, it it wasn't um it wasn't done in a very you know kind of planned systematic way it was it was just a lot of hard work just lots of but we 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 really have met some fantastic partners who we've, who we've clicked with <laughs> um for anyone watching um we'll do the usual format that we do on the lisa live so we'll um sean's got lots more to talk to us about but if people have questions if they want to drop them in the comments below we'll get to them at the end of the session mm. so um um I know you're going to talk to us a little bit about um, who you're working with at the moment and how, how that came about, if you want to tell us a little yeah. bit about that. So, so um, at the minute we're, we're, we're working with uh, two kind of uh, leading non-profit organisations in the North West and, and they provide um, support and, uh, to veterans and their families. And they're, you know, they're doing an absolutely outstanding job and have, have achieved so much really. Um, within that area and um, you know I think it's it's not uncommon for you know you know men and women to come out of the armed forces and, and they've seen some horrific things and and you know they suffered so much trauma and um, it can often lead to you know really severe PTSD 
and um, you know drug and alcohol dependency and you know sometimes imprisonment and you know family breakdown and um, it's you know unacceptable numbers then end up homeless and and I think current figures are suggesting it's about 9,000 in the UK that end up homeless. Well veterans that are currently yeah. homeless. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, work to be done, really. And um, so our partners kind of focus on a, a really sort of holistic approach to kind of um, to giving the support that they need to, to the veterans and the family. And so they, they really kind of give support and guidance in, in so many different areas, but they've got a heavy focus on kind of health and well-being and, um, you know, education and employment and, and obviously, you know, they put in measures to do with uh, drug and alcohol dependency as well. So, yeah, they, they, they really do an amazing job kind of based around that. Yeah, we're, we're very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and you've done a couple of projects with them, haven't you? I know you were going to share some slides with us and, and show us some examples of the properties and yeah absolutely now bear with me because this is where the technology is let's see if we can get this <laughs> screen <into> it. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah oh hang on yeah okay we're ready okay, you've got it. Yeah. so yeah we, we're kind of fortunate that we we kind of um help them with their housing provision um side of things and you know we, we've got a great relationship with them so they will actually come in and do house um, viewings with us and and they'll um, you know we'll work together to make sure that we're not just producing you know something that's not fit for purpose well you know we want to produce something come up with something that meets their needs and you know more importantly the veterans needs really do you want to uh, make it full oh, screen? Have I done it wrong? no no okay. not at all it's there i just sent a slide because <laughs> i know they're such beautiful slides we might as well yeah. see them <laughs> really well brilliant okay. um that's it so um so yeah so basically you, you know we had a brief for these houses it wasn't just you know we didn't have a house that we talked to them we went they said to us can you please go and find us some houses so we did so our brief was was really very simple um they call it tier one housing for homeless veterans and uh, tier one is really the first level kind of emergency housing designed really to get the veterans off the streets um so they're in a place of safety a place of you know security where where they can just get back on their feet really and receive the support they need in order to kind of move on and reintegrate back into society um so they wanted these houses um, specifically small um, HMOs effectively three or four beds shared accommodation they didn't want large HMOs so you know we were very much looking for these small um, small properties so they t they gave you a kind of brief of the kind of property and then you went out yeah. and sourced that property for yeah them. absolutely yeah. so this is kind of where the relationship came in you know they we could shop to order effectively mm. um, and um you know they wanted them close to the city center for accessibility and really speed was was of massive importance to them because they had um lots of veterans that they knew that that were already homeless that they needed to kind of rehouse you know as a matter of urgency so we weren't looking for major renovation projects um we weren't looking to brick or, or do kind of any sort of forced appreciation into the house we were looking for houses that were in a reasonable condition already so we didn't have to 
kind of do any major structural work or or anything like that so um, that kind of guided where we were looking really and so we found this this house it's a large uh, Victorian two-bed terrace um, and it had um, two uh, double bedrooms upstairs and two reception rooms so and an outrigger kitchen so effectively we could just take one of the reception rooms and make it into the third bedroom so it was a really simple um, change from two to three beds um, all these conversions they need to reach HMO standards so they needed the interwired sort of smoke alarm systems and fire doors and emergency lighting etc um, and we did kind of a really sort of soft cosmetic refurb of decorating and flooring on this one and I think this one had a new boiler as well but it was it was really straightforward it just took two or three weeks to turn this one around fantastic yeah so it was a nice nice and quick mm. and um you know it's it's not in an article for this one so we could do this under pd from c3 to c4 and because it was under five beds we didn't need an hmo license and, uh, Perfect. so a, actually, I had a little visitor in the room <laughs> um <laughs> quick visit um to the investment <laughs> figures um, so we agreed a purchase price of this. We bought it for 70. Um, we did have a Rick's Val done and that came out at 80. So we managed to get a reasonable discount on the, on the Val, on the valuation. Um, and the refurb plus fees came to 10 and the rent that we agreed with the, um, uh, the charity was 910 pounds a month and they've taken it on a five year lease. And this lease sort of, you know, is, um, they take it and, and this rent is regardless of voids, we don't pay any bills um, or, or any maintenance um, charge. Um, and the plan is, is we will refinance this after six months onto kind of a long term product. Um, and the product we've uh, been looking at is, is a really good product actually. It's very niche and, and specialist and it's, uh, um, it's kind of a mortgage that allows for buy to let uh, HMO and supported living within it. It's like a hybrid product, um, a 75% loan to value, 3.39%. Um, so the, the interest rate is really competitive um, and sort of uh, is similar to a standard HMO interest rate. So it's, it's a really good product. Um, and we've kind of put the Envala at 85,000 just based on the fact that we did a cosmetic uplift and a new boiler. But you know, we really weren't trying to force value into this house. No. Um, it was a quick, quick turnaround for, for the charity. So once we remortgage, we'll um, have a mortgage of 63,750. And after the mortgage payment, it should cash flow at 735. Um, and it will, it will have, um, it will have 17,750 of our cash tied up in it. Um, but this gives, still gives an ROI of 50%. Yeah, really lovely. So, yeah, so it was it was a nice, simple kind of um, uh, quick um, biome for, for the charity, this one. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. And then this is another project, a live project that we're doing with them at the minute. Um, <coughs> after we worked with them a few months, they kind of approached us and said, you know, we'd, we'd really like to kind of work in East Lancashire and we'd like to help us source and, and develop mixed use property for us you know there there are multiple veterans um over there with sort of similar similar issues and, and needing similar support 
so what they what they wanted really was uh, around 20 residential tier one rooms um, but they also wanted a large commercial element um, because they wanted to open a kind of a, a, a regional headquarters for veteran services so somewhere where veterans and their families can come and get advice and, and guidance and, and support within the areas of life that you know they they offered support with if you see what I mean so it's kind of a multi multi-functional building that they were after so so we sourced this building um for them uh, it's a lovely her old heritage building it's centrally centrally located which uh, is important as well for the veterans and it's around 14,000 uh, square feet um, this actually isn't the building just just in case you're wondering it's just a similar looking one um, and it's it's got current planning permission for a uh, sui generis so its last use was hostel with training facilities and and as such this the the proposed use actually fits within that same use class so it, it's really helpful it doesn't actually require a planning permission which is good fabulous yeah yeah and and because it was it's 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 already kind of laid out in the same um in the, in the correct way so we've got bedrooms with en suites in place we've kind of got the um integrated fire systems and the fire doors and you know yet they are old and they need refer you know um uh, recommissioning and servicing but you know a lot of the wiring and a lot of the hard work is already is already in place um so we're not doing any structural work to this building it's a largely cosmetic uh, refurb uh, so there will be 20 residential rooms tier one and like i said a, a substantial amount of um, offices training rooms therapy rooms making up the rest of the hq mm -hmm. so that is uh, that Happy and then. a quick look at the figures for that one um so we're buying it for 270 um refurb plus fees at 150 and uh, the monthly rent agreed with the charity is 6,500 and they've agreed to take it on a 10-year lease this one and um, the GDV we had a RICS valuation uh, done based on uh, the charity taking a 10-year lease and um, it's come in between 630 and 650 Fabulous. and the exit for this will be to refinance onto a long-term commercial project so um, so yeah, those are the two case studies. Fab, that looks, they look like great <laughs> projects. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> um, I know the next thing you wanted to talk about is about SAS, wasn't it? And I know you've got slides about that, so we'll stay on the screen, shall we? And you go across onto it. So please. Yeah. Well, I'll just before I move on to the the SAS slide, as um, um, I uh, yeah, I, I I know some of some people have heard of SAS, and and some people won't have heard anything about it, and they'll probably be you know, same number of people that, you know, hear the word SAS pension and then they get this glazed look and, you know, <laughs> switch off. But I wanted to raise it tonight because honestly it is anything but a dull subject. It, it really isn't. And I think I'm rapidly getting a reputation for being a bit of a SAS geek, um, which, I'm, which I'm quite proud of. Um, but, you know, I'm by, I, you know, by no means know, you know, everything about the subject at all. But I am passionate about it. I am a SAS trustee myself and have been for a year. And, um, you know, I am kind of active in the SAS community as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a subject that I'm, I, you know, I, I do feel, I feel really passionate about. 
but I'm amazed at just what can be achieved um, through the world of SaaS. It, it's just outstanding. And I kind of wear two hats within this. You know, I've got on, on the one hand, I've got my SaaS trustee and investor hat, um, where I'm looking to invest my funds in, into uh, various projects, either within, within the SaaS or loaning to other developers outside of the SaaS. Um, and on, on the other hand, I sit on the developer side of things. So I'm, I actually borrow money from other people's uh, pensions as well. So it's kind of an interesting perspective seeing it, seeing it from both sides, really. Absolutely. I think and you've got that direct experience of both sides, haven't you? That's why yeah. you can really talk about that in such detail. Yeah. So, so, you know, you'll hear me talk about SaaS community a lot and, um, uh, yeah, basically the importance of spending time in, in actually building up these relationships, um, you know, making sure that they're kind of based on trust and, and um, yeah, I think, you know, it goes a long way to helping you kind of get the most out, out of the SAS. So um, I'll just, I'll tell you what I'll do because I, I wasn't going to put my screen on just quite yet. I'll just stop sharing for one sec okay. and then I'll put it back on. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, one of the biggest, you know, things that I hear people talking about, particularly um, within the property community, is, is the issue of, like, finding, um, you know, property, fi you know, finance for their projects. You know, there's a kind of common um, impression that it's the most difficult part of, of, of a project. And obviously, you know, if, if um, nobody's going to find it easy to find finance if you've got a rubbish project, but you know, just to point out that there is so much money out there. It's, it's untrue. And a big part of it is sitting in SAS pensions waiting to be deployed. When you first get into property and people start talking about that, you don't really believe it, do you? But once you no. start exploring it a bit more and people start talking about the numbers, it's a bit. <laughs> yeah, I remember people, I remember people saying to me, you know, um, Oh yeah, don't worry about the, the money. It'll come. And I'm like, when, <laughs> when does it come? Um, <laughs> But really, on it is so true. So you know, it's kind of the average um, SaaS pension pot is is three hundred thousand pounds. So if you take just ten of those, you've got three million pounds of of potential money that that's potentially looking for a good home. So your your opportunity to kind of collaborate and work together are huge. And you know, just to point out as well that you don't need to be a SaaS trustee to borrow money from a SAS pension. Yeah, I think that's really useful because I think people <laughs> assume you have to have some SAS connection. So Yeah, no, yeah, not at all. But I think you just need to kind of have a have a kind of a, a good background knowledge of it and, and understand the importance of the relationship building process. Mm. So that's kind of a major with it. So I think firstly the first thing to say is SAS isn't new. They've been around since the 70s. Um, and it's really only kind of in the last two or three years that it's kind of gained a lot of um, kind of momentum, really. And there's been a big uptake of, of SASs and, and um, HMRC, you know, approved SASs. Um, and I think that's really down to increased awareness, particularly within property circles um, and people realizing that you can actually take control of your pension and use it to to help build your wealth and um you know create legacy uh, for your family and future generations in in a really sort of tax efficient way so yeah so i'll i'll share my screen again um if that's all right um so i've just 
I've just done a few slides. Why isn't that working now? Oh, there we go. Um, a few slides uh, just, just with a, a bit of detail about Sasson for people who, who might not know the basics about it. This is my driest slide. Um, but uh, it's uh, basically what is a SAS? It it's, uh, stands for Small Self Administered Scheme. It's, um, it's an occupational pension scheme. So it's, it's basically a type of company pension um, for businesses. Um, really for the benefit of the owner directors and their families and it needs to be attached to an active employer and um, most commonly that's a you know an active limited company um, also known as the sponsoring employer um, it's small in the sense of it can only have up to 11 members um, and it's it is trust-based so it's, it's a kind of trust and as such that the members are called you know they're, they're all member trustees and and they make the investment decisions so they decide what um they're going to invest in they're going to decide um how they're going to do it and, and when they're going to do it and it's common practice really to appoint a professional trustee and um, the professional trustee sort of um you know takes over the day-to-day -day running of, of the of the SAS and it's you know they need to be experienced in in everything sort of um pension tax related and, and investment and you know like other pensions it's it's a highly tax efficient vehicle it's um you know it, all your investments made in the sas are, are free from income tax and capital gains tax and you know so it's it's sort of extremely tax efficient in that way and it's they're regulated by HMRC and the pensions regulator, not the FCA like like traditional pensions. Right. Okay. So I've I've just kind of um, highlighted really on the next slide um, just um, the points I think are in, of interest to people in property. So there there are there are lots more things that a SAS can can invest in and, and do, but you know i think obviously everyone in our group in your group is is uh, interested in property investment Absolutely. so i thought they might find this a bit more interesting <laughs> so it's um it's pretty well known that you know you're not allowed to hold or have a direct interest in residential property within a sas it's a it's a it's a straight foul with hmrc and you know if you do you can be hit with a pretty eye-watering tax penalty charge um, it's not to say that that residential property doesn't have any place in a SAS but it, it's definitely something you would want to uh, work very closely with your professional trustee to to discuss and make sure that you're not you know doing anything to fall foul of, of uh, HMRC but there's a couple of really cool things that you can do. You can buy commercial property. So if your um, business owns a commercial premises, your SAS can, can buy that property and then lease it back to your business. So you kind of get a double tax saving on this. So your business gets tax relief on the, um, within the company on the rent that it pays to the SAS and the SAS receives rent from your business but it doesn't have to pay income tax on it because it's in the SAS. So it's like kind of a win-win on that front. And the thing I find most exciting, um, obviously working in a supported living space myself, is, is that property is used for supported living.
can be held within a SAS, even if they're ordinarily classed, would ordinarily be classed as residential. And this is stated like quite clearly in the, in the pensions tax manual, um, uh, just uh, where it says that um, properties that yeah, would ordinarily be classed as residential are not to be classed as residential if they are being used for certain purposes and supported living is one of those purposes. And that's really, really key, isn't it? That It's yeah. really key. And it's down to the, um, it's basically down to the tenant types that, that live in the property. So that's kind of a major, a major coup for, for you know, SAS trustees who, who invest in supported living really. Mm. Um, another really popular um, uh, feature is the ability for SAS trustees to act as a bank. So the ability to loan your money from your SAS to um, third parties. Um, so either individuals or companies um, outside of the SAS. Um, and the recipient needs to be unconnected for these. It's uh, that, and, and basically unconnected means that scheme, a scheme member can't be connected by um, family, marriage or business. Okay. Other than that, you can you can loan to anybody. It, it's usually with a fixed interest rate and fixed term, but HMRC don't specify any fixed terms. So the only thing they specify is that it needs to be prudent, commercial, and secure. So um, effectively, you can negotiate your own terms between parties for these loans. Which I guess again with a, a conversion or you know a bridging loan to supported living that's pretty secure isn't it if you've got that guaranteed exit yeah exactly yeah definitely and um and another thing that's becoming increasingly popular and something i have actually done myself is is the lend and learn option where you know i'll you do your third party le uh, loan for a fixed interest rate uh, return but then you get another and a whole extra roi on top of that a return on intellect so if the if the person you're loaning to agrees, you can kind of add in that extra kind of educational component, and just you know really kind of get the benefit from their experience as well. And um, a lot of SAS trustees I know are, are, are doing this because they'll they might want to move into an area, so they kind of hone in on someone that has expertise in that area and and um, you know loan to them and, and kind of try and try and learn that way really whilst also getting a good commercial return on the money. Right. So that's that one. And then um, I think the probably the most popular um, with SAS trustees um, and it's something that is completely unique to uh, SAS pensions is the ability to loan money from your SAS back to your sponsoring company. Um, and you can do that to help grow your business. And as long as it meets some, um, you know, key tests, which, which I'll go through, um, you're allowed to do that. Um, and it's a really new, unique way that you can access your pension, obviously, um, before, before you're 55. So um, it has to be for legitimate trading purposes of your sponsoring company. You can loan up to 50% um, net value of your SaaS. Um, it has to be secured on first charge on an appropriate asset. So that doesn't necessarily need to be the asset that it might be buying. It could be secured on a first charge on any unencumbered asset. Okay. Property, a piece of land, you know, 
something something else so it doesn't have to be what you're going to buy um, you can take the loan up to five years and uh, but you have to pay it off in equal installments no less than annually and a really good feature of this is is you set your own interest rate and in current times you know with a historic low of 0.1 you know you, you your minimum interest rate only has to be one percent over base so it it makes for a really you know if you want to go that low it makes for a very um you know low interest loan mm, absolutely <laughs> so, yeah so now if it's it's all right i thought i'd just revisit these um properties just to show you how we use the sas to actually buy them Fantastic. so kind of re <laughs> relate it back so i've just put the figures on the left and um so you can see with this house we actually bought this one using a SAS loan back from our SAS. Um, uh, the independent RITS valuation that I mentioned is a criteria of doing a SAS loan back because we were, we used this house as security for the loan back. So we needed to have it valued to check that it was, that it was worth, uh, you know, the money. And, you know, that it says uh, within SAS that you're, you're allowed to borrow up to 100% of the value of the security minus the interest payable over the term so in our situation because it was valued at eighty thousand, we could do the loan back based on that valuation so we actually were able to to borrow about seventy eight thousand pounds even though the house only cost 70 so we could buy the house and the rest of the money went a long way to kind of going towards the refurb and the fees as well so it's quite a good feature that if you if you are able to buy well and you know the value of of the security is more you can you can borrow more money. Fantastic. So the our SAS took first charge of security on this property, and we set the interest rate at one point seven five percent because the base rate at the time was point seven five. Um, and it's on a twelve month term, and, and we'll pay the SAS back on refinance so the benefits really uh, for us of, of using this loan back um, the SAS loan back effectively acted as a, a kind of a cheap bridging loan um, it gave us a lot of flexibility with with buying the house but like a, a fraction of obviously of the cost of a bridging loan um, so that was really good um, it effectively again put us in a cash buyers position so we were able to negotiate much harder on the, on the purchase price. And obviously we've been able to access money that was tied up in a pension and we wouldn't have been able to access no. and did we not have that loan back facility. So it's facilitated an additional property purchase, which has helped grow our business. And um, yeah, because, because of the, the flexibility and we're refinancing, actually we'll have a lot less capital tied up in this property than if we put it straight onto a long-term mortgage product. Perfect. So yeah, that's, that's how we use uh, our SAS to, to buy that one. And then I'll just revisit the, the other one, uh, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the larger commercial one. So this is the larger commercial one. And again, this was funded fully through SAS, but other people's SASs. So us doing um, third-party loans from other SASs and just put SAS network at the top. I've highlighted that because um, it came entirely through my SAS network. 
Um, so it's again really just to highlight the power of, of relationships and kind of getting to know people and you know um, you know just really gaining trust with them um, so it was uh, it's it's loans it's an aggregated loan because there were several trustees involved and they've all received a joint first charge security um, <coughs> with interest at 8% on the 12 month term. <coughs> it's just to highlight that um, you can work with trustees from different um, scheme administrators. They don't all have to come into the same. Oh, concept. that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And um, yeah, we've put 15% um, of the purchase price in as, as skin in the game. Wow. So yeah. And, and finally, I kind of, you know, I just wanted to kind of highlight the reasons why I think that supported living and SAS kind of go so well together. Um, and, you know, I think one of the most exciting things uh, is from someone who, who works in, and develops in the supported living space is, is the fact that it, these, these properties can be held in or out of the SAS. It's, um, it really does increase, um, you know, your, your uh, flexibility and, um, kind of um you know in terms of you know what you decide to invest in mm. and it, it also increases um the opportunity for collaboration with other parties particularly on the jv side of things but obviously you've you've still got your third party um loan options as well and you know as a as a kind of a discerning SAS trustee investor myself you know i'm always looking to in investing in secure secure opportunities that are de-risked as much as possible you know and i was kind of thinking well why would i want to give my hard-earned pension you know to to this supported living project and there are certain features of supported living projects that are common really throughout all of them that that go a long way to do to do, dealing with this de-risking and i think that's what makes them really attractive to investors and, and one of the main ones is, <coughs> you know, they invariably have a secure exit. They're, they they have medium to long term leases on them, and that sort of gets away from the whole unknown of you know traditional development projects of you know are they going to sell? Are they not going to sell? Are they going to rent? Mm. You know, when you've got that secure exit in the beginning, you know, investors really like that because you know that's one of the major risks that's been dealt with. Mm. And it reduces timescales as well, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know, and the and the fact that the funding for these supported living projects come from you know government backed funding, um, again, it's it's just a really secure form of funding. So the the chance of this being pulled uh, swiftly is is really low. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, um, <clears throat> yeah. So again, it's it's just an added added comfort mm. to investors. And um, usually, not always, but usually, you know, these these supported living projects, you know, they get they get the, you know, elusive um, commercial valuation that everyone wants so much, and you can you can gain quite significant uplifts in value um, based on on the strength of the leases and and, mm. and these covenants that are in place. So I think I think all these points just kind of really give a lot of of um, security and, and peace of mind to investors who might be wanting to invest into these supported living projects. Absolutely. 
and not to skip over because I know it's at the bottom but you know I'm just kind of really aware that a lot of um, investors nowadays they they're just you know they want more than just a a return on their investment you know they want to feel like they're creating um, you know uh, making a difference as well and and, Mm. and creating social impact so I, I think these also these kind of projects are particularly attractive um, absolutely social impact elements as well thank you i know you've got a couple of things to share us so there's a couple of questions in the in the comments so if people have got more questions for sean if you want to start popping them in you you show the <laughs> slides and then we'll go back to us i don't know um i can't remember yeah i'll go back to that after <laughs> oh you want to show we okay do you want to go well no i could do it now actually. yeah do you want to do that now and then we'll go to full screen yeah so um just you know just for anybody who um you know is interested in SAS or wants to know more uh, you know obviously a very quick whistle stop tour um if but you know there's a there's a fantastic group the SAS experience network and they do zooms um every tuesday morning at 11 o'clock and they happen to have one tomorrow that's kind of uh, really down back down to basics so get some what is that what can you do you know and and so i can i can really recommend that if you if you'd like to know more so if you, you kind of go on the facebook group at the bottom and um you'll see in there there'll be a link in order to register for the for the for the group tomorrow um but yeah i mean they, they also run these experience trips um which which are just amazing and this was one that i went on in march this year uh skiing in france <laughs> met, met a lot of uh, like-minded fast fast uh, trustees so yeah that's really Perfect. really good and you've, and, got, um, cool. you've got your contact sorry. details as well yeah you? yeah just oh. just a, just one more quick plug if, if for any northerners that are watching and, and that might be interested um i run a um SAS networking event in manchester Obviously, it's not on at the minute, um, but uh, it's it's a it's a fantastic group, and um, you know meet a lot of like-minded SAS trustees. Um, it's not all SAS trustees that go; it's uh, also kind of developers that want to work with SAS trustees. So you know, come and join us if you want to. Uh, again, join the Facebook group. Um, we'll we can keep you posted when the next meeting is on and yeah so for anyone who wants to get in touch i'm I'm more than always happy to chat um these are my details feel free to drop me a line perfect thank you should we go back to full screen and then we can we've got a few questions brewing full screen there sorry if you just end screen share can you do that or jump me to do it yeah no that's fine perfect Well, you've disappeared. You've gone all black, Sean. There you go. Great. You there? Am I here? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, Kath Gibb is saying, I'm glad to see you on here. Be great for SAS supported living meetup, either virtually or hopefully physically, she's suggesting. Will you be looking to do this soon so we can all learn the benefits of working together? There you go. Yeah. Um, is it going to be recorded? Yes, it will be recorded. It will stay in the group and it will be put on YouTube on the Pebble Property. You should do. If, if there are people that are fully SAS and fully supported, living, we could start a little yeah. sub, 
sub whatsapp group or something <laughs> or just we could just yeah try and do a virtual event sometime yeah yeah quite fun to try and yeah um do you rent properties from landlords or do you or just buy them um at the minute we we're just uh buying them uh working with investors um uh, at the minute yeah we yeah. we haven't rented any from landlords yet no. we are looking to that maybe for the future right um lisa mccarton's asking would you be able to get this on a commercial product on this given it's a five-year lease sorry i may have missed this i wonder if she's talking about this the smaller but property the house. yeah um it well it was a sort of a semi-commercial you sorry i'm not quite sure what she's asking you have to get on a commercial mortgage given it's a five-year lease yeah um probably but they were so expensive and and actually um i think in that situation they they wouldn't have given a commercial valuation because it was effectively still just a two-bed terraced house that we'd made into a three bed so i, I think that one would even though that could have yeah. technically sat in a sas quite happily um yeah. it wouldn't have got a commercial valuation no. so that was that was the cheapest mortgage product um yeah. available for that one um some nice praise for the work that you're doing is going on that mm -hmm. we then later um can your first example be held within your sas so yes it, it could can. be yeah yeah um, but the, the, it does raise the question of what do you do after five years when the lease is finished so yeah. it has to kind of be thought about really about then the cost of moving it back out again and you know if you can't renew your lease to the charity so there is that sort of issue to to bear in mind yeah absolutely um slightly missed the reference sharma you mentioned it states it in the manual of sas rules that resi can be used as supported i think though um mark's dropped the con the quote into the comments later on so i think he's linked into the pensions handbook it's in is that right yeah Sean? the pension yeah. tax manual i'm pretty sure that mark's put that in there um natalie is gascoigne's asking if you're working with a SaaS private investor would you need a risk valuation for the property yes yes you, do. you would for that for the um well for the usually for the due diligence from the SaaS private investor yeah if it's on a third party loan basis not not technically i believe but um they may well want one as part of their own due diligence perfect yeah mark burns put the link in to the Oh, thank you, tax Mark. manual so it's there for everyone. So is it visible then the quote it's just the link to it so okay. i think people can find it if you yeah um do you want me i can put it on my screen if you if you like perhaps we'll just we'll just okay. um add it in in the comments if people want to see it um how did you get started in the minefield of navigating charities registered providers etc <laughs> <laughs> um i just kind of um made a list and started ringing and, and calling really <laughs> did you have the vision that you wanted to do better and was it well was not it? initially no. actually i have i have found a, a real inner love of veterans mm. and uh not initially it was kind of a general supported living um thing but you know when we when we met our partners we were so bowled over by how brilliant they were and, and what they were doing and and now we've gone on to kind of meet the veterans and you know and and it's it's just fantastic to see 
um, see them, you know, come on and, and, and as they've moved in the house and, you know, it's, it's really rewarding. So it's a direct impact of what Yeah, it mean. really is. Mm. So yeah, uh, it's not initially, but yeah, we do, we do love that. <laughs> That's a fabulous point to end it, I think, isn't it really? I think, thank you ever so much, Sean. It's been oh, great pleasure. having thanks you here having and sharing your experiences with us all. And um, yeah, thanks everyone for watching tonight. Thanks, Lee.